So what's infinitely more interesting and important to a candidate should be, how can can I become professionally, personally, and financially the, business, the, the person I wanna be through this business? So when you start with the end, are you trying to build to sell in five or seven years? Are you trying to build a legacy that you can pass on? Because those are different investment strategies, right? You're not gonna invest in a laundromat to build and sell in five years. The thing's barely gonna be cash pouring in a way, in a good way, you know, before three or four years, right? So, but you're also not gonna invest in fitness if you wanna do this for 15 years. Like that's crazy, right? You can't control the trends in fitness and you don't need to if your goal is to be the first one in on that pioneering side, building it up. And then when the brand equity is at its peak, being able to sell that business for the highest multiple that it will ever get. Like we saw with uh, Planet Fitness and Massage Envy and Orange Theory, right? Welcome to the Franchise Founders Podcast. We are on a mission to help aspiring entrepreneurs just like you take action through franchise ownership. Allowing you to obtain more financial freedom, time with family, and ultimately a business that can run on its own without you. Welcome to another episode of the Franchise Founders Podcast with my co-host, Christian Dadalak. Christian, what's going on? Living the dream, man. How you doing? I'm living the dream too. I'm in this this studio here. I made it. Uh, had a little bit of traffic getting here, but that's. Uh, I've lived in New York for a bit now, and I was telling my dri- uh, Uber driver that he shouldn't go the way he went, but he refused to listen because that's that New York pride uh, that we have about directions. And so we we got a little late, but I'm here now. Good. And yeah, we have an awesome guest with us here today too. Oh yeah. Well, I'll give a quick introduction. Uh, in franchising, I don't know if she needs an introduction, but legendary franchise coach Kim Daly is on the show with us today. And I was joking around with Kim. I mean this, that I've watched her video content for for years. There's only so much content out there. And like Kim just dominates with the the quality of her content, the the information, the realness of it. And so very excited to have her her on today. Kim, how are you? I am doing good, Dan. Thank you so much for the introduction. I think I do need an introduction. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> well, for those of you that don't know, Kim's a powerhouse in the franchise industry. And so we're, we're really lucky to have her on. All right. So where do we start this thing off? I mean, do you want to tell your story a little bit, Kim? And I think we normally start off with how, how our guests got into franchising, right? And I think the running joke is, you know, you don't find franchising, franchising finds you. So yeah, what's that story for you? Yeah. So uh, it's a very good question, right? So I was on my way to medical school and I answered a classified ad, which shows my age. <laughs> I answered a classified ad in the newspaper for a telemarketing job. It was for a company that today is franchise.com. But back in the day, it was called Franchise Solutions. And uh, we became the first online portal as the internet was born and became a tool. So we were the actual first online portal in franchising. And I was the first salesperson who really built that company. And within three years, that company got sold off into private equity. But that was my first entry into franchising. Of course, when I took the job and then they offered me a full-time job from like a little eight-week job, my father was like, don't do it. You'll never go to medical school. And I mean, I had every intention of going to medical school. My whole life had prepared me for medical school, but I found this amazing industry, right? Of people helping people and every day people waking up to live their dreams. And I was hooked. 
So I did what most people do when they think about owning a business. I became an entrepreneur. (laughs) I abandoned everything I knew and loved about franchising and said, I'm going to go do it for myself. So I was inspired to the idea of business ownership, but I decided to go it alone in the beginning. But it's really good because it helps me uh, relate to people who have the desire to go it alone. Um, and any the, the, the easiest people to convince of the true value of a franchise are former entrepreneurs, myself included. <laughs> so I ran my own business for five years and then decided, you know what, this is freaking lonely. I need people. I need support. I need to, I need to build something that's bigger than me. And I turned back to franchising. I found this amazing opportunity at FranChoice. I mean, who knew that I would have a 20-year run? So it's been the greatest and most amazing blessing in my life. I just, for me, it helped me find this opportunity really caters to my personality um, and what I love to do. So I'm passionate about it. And that's, I think, what's kept me growing and challenged and just loving what I do for the last 20 years. And at the end of my own growth, I'm actually creating all these other business owners, which is just amazing. So it's like blessings all the way around. Yeah. You know, it's funny, like being an an entrepreneur and having businesses non-franchised as, as I've been developed, have we been, as we've been developing our franchise system, I've started to say that I'm actually jealous of the, of the future franchisees because um, I wish I could have come into a business where the truck was fully wrapped and branded through a branding agency. And, you know, the leads were generated for me, a call center answers, the phone books, the jobs. And like, if, if I knew then, like what I know now, like that, that seems like a great path being a franchisee before an entrepreneur. Totally. The idea of just buying down that learning curve and buying all those ready-made tools and training. But for what I find with a lot of my candidates and what was very true for me is it's the camaraderie of working alongside other people where you don't have to solve the problems of the business on your own when a recession or a pandemic happens or just an everyday challenge, right? That may put an ordinary first time business owner in the fetal position. You know, you've got a team of people at a corporate office who care, but then you have a family of franchisees who probably have been there before and who can walk you through it. So it's, you know, the idea of coming into that full partnership and appreciating that you're in business for yourself, but not by yourself for me. And that's what I try to impart to my Uh, candidates, that's actually what you're buying. And that should be the greatest value. So when you're trying to invest in a franchise, it's infinitely more important that you find people rather than a widget, right? People keep a business growing and adapting and overcoming pandemics and challenges and and competition, not widgets. I love that. I'm going to steal that. It's funny. I I have a confession, actually. When I first became a consultant myself, I heard you on a podcast. I forget which podcast it was, but I was like, oh my gosh, she's a superstar. This is so cool. And uh, you were incredibly inspiring. And it just, I took a lot of, of what you were saying. And I've, I've said a lot of that to my candidates as well throughout the years. And it's been very, very helpful. So that's another nugget I think that I'm going to borrow as well. That's okay. That's amazing, Christian. Thank you so much. Even that just blesses me, right? Like as we become more, what's so great about what we do is as, as we become more, we can give more. And, and through my 
growth as a franchise consultant and developing my own franchise business with Fran Choice, you know, going from an average performing consultant to a history making consultant, you know, and then repeating that, it allows me, number one, to be not just a, a better mentor to my fellow franchise consultants, but more importantly, uh, a better coach to all of the candidates because I can share like, before I did that, when I would coach on validation, it would be more about, you know, ask questions about support and training. And But after I stood in two different camps, right, I was the same me and my business was the same business, but I created two very different realities with the same business. Like, it's not like my skill set incrementally, you know, exponentially increased from 2010 to 2011, Right. So something different changed and what changed was inside of me. And so once I went through that and like thought about it, it changed the entire way that I coach people through validation, mainly setting them free from focusing on what they hear from any one person. Because what you're hearing from that person, that's their truth at that moment. But it's not the truth. And it may not even be that person's truth in six months or one year later, right? So we're, we're buying a franchise for the future of where it can go, but we're validating it at the moment it's at. And they even in the FDD, looking at the past, which is the worst way to do it, right? So it's all about connecting to people and finding a culture and a good enough toolbox that's there and that's validated by people that it works, but understanding that all of that's going to get better and you're going to be a part of making it better. You're going to be a part of driving that average unit volume up. You're going to be a part of helping this entire brand build that equity. So it helped me set my candidates free from really like leaning in and leaning on what any one franchisee or even a group of franchisees was saying in order to change their life, which if you think about it is totally absurd. <laughs> our, our parents taught us if all of your friends jump off the bridge, don't jump off the bridge, right? <laughs> but then we're like using what other people are doing to decide if that's what's right for our life. Like, duh. <laughs> If you listen to anything anyone tells you about starting a business, you never like no no. I I've now started like been de okay like decently successful as a business owner. If I go to my dad and say I'm starting the next business, he's always like I don't know. And I'm not putting him down, but like most times people are never going to tell you to do something. But it's kind of interesting what you're saying because I feel the same way. Of course, I'm excited to have uh, with our system 200 franchisees. I joke we have zero franchisees, but I identify as having 200. That's what I believe in my head. Um, but someone recently said to me, like, I actually hadn't even thought of this until they said it. They're like, well, what about the fact that you don't have any franchisees? And I, I went through this whole explanation of like, that's the most exciting part. Like if I was going to buy a franchise, I'd want to be, imagine being the first orange theory, Jimmy John, Serta pro franchisee, like number one, like if you watch the movie, the founder, um, the executive team started as franchisees. One of them, you know, ended up his spouse. Right. So it's like the opportunity to be on the ground level of a brand and get to be a voice and get to be contribute and join them, maybe join the leadership team yourself or be on the advisory board. Like you don't get that when you're part of a multi-hundred system that has its benefits too. But like, which one gets more support? Franchisee number one through 15 or franchisee number 200? I think the franchisor has more of a vested interest in you succeeding when there's, when there's less franchisees. A hundred percent, because if you're not successful, they're not going to get to 200, right? They need the, right. the first 25 or 50 to, to be successful and to validate that, or the whole thing is going to crumble. But that investment strategy, in my opinion, doesn't work for everybody. Like for some people, like if you're not stereotyping, but accountant or 
an, an engineer, right? And you and you're more used to being a contributor in a business in ter- in terms of your skill set. The leap to becoming a full entrepreneur in a pioneering brand may be way too big. In fact, on my Instagram today, I have a, a reel that speaks directly to that more risk averse personality saying, look, there are franchises out there to meet you right where you are. It's probably not going to be something tr- super trendy or faddish or a, a, at the very beginning of a pioneering brand. It's probably going to be something more like your billion dollar Paul Davis or or Supercuts brand where there's more I's dotted and more T's crossed and more data for you to absorb and feel comfortable. But the idea is to come to an experienced franchise consultant because if we know our inventory, we know the landscape of franchising and what's out there, we can match you to the right business that's going to align with your comfort zone. So true. A lot of it is personality driven. And, and like you said, what is their risk tolerance, right? Someone like me, someone like Dan, I would feel perfectly normal and perfectly comfortable being in an emerging brand. And I think that's where it's exciting and that scratches my itch. Whereas, like you mentioned, for other people that need a little bit more assurance and if they're a certain personality type, like an accountant or engineer, maybe they do need to be part of a bigger brand. I think that makes total sense. And so there's no one-size-fits-all approach. And so talking to people like Kim is important because they're going to help you to figure out what's the right fit for you, which at the end of the day is important because any there's no cookie-cutter way to start a business and there's no cookie-cutter strategy to get involved in a business. So it's good to talk to someone that knows the industry and that has a process in place to help you to learn about franchising and decide what's the best fit for you. Yeah, thank you, Christian. Yeah, and I think that you're right. Entrepreneurs, people who've owned businesses before would drown in a billion-dollar franchise because it's like too bureaucratic. It's like everything. But people who come from big corporate America who are looking for like a semi-absentee investment, that's going to be a much easier lean into, right? A much easier bridge to, to becoming a business owner than, you know, than a, a startup where you really are going to be learning about how to build this franchise through those first 25 or 50 franchisees. So yeah, it's a, it's a great point. And the, really the only way for a candidate to, to know that really is probably to start with a franchise consultant who can identify that upfront by good questions and by having a knowledge of their franchise inventory and knowing how those backend structures look and feel and operate. And again, that culture, because ultimately what you're buying when you buy a franchise is a relationship. You're buying people. So let, let's talk about switching gears for a moment. Like, you know, that's a pretty unique perspective to have been doing this for over 20 years and see different business cycles. You were doing this through, you know, through 08 and you were doing this through all these different. So like, what about like, I, I bet you just kind of see patterns and it's a repeat of, of things that have happened. But, you know, talk to that. Like that must be unique when you're talking with a candidate being able to pull on all these different uh, experiences in, in the economic cycle. Yeah. You know what? I've learned. So going all the way back to franchise solutions, my very first mentor in franchising taught me that in good times and bad, the franchise industry grow, grows, Right. So in a, in a bad economy, people are losing jobs and they're looking for stability. And so they turn to themselves and say, I'm going to own a business and franchising wins. In a good economy, wealth is flowing. People want more of the American dream. They want to uh, you know, build wealth. They want to find businesses. Franchising grows. So, But again, it's all about working with a consultant who understands the type of business that's going to give you comfort. So during the pandemic, you know, I was still able to coach 
a fair amount of people into fitness brands. You know, even people who lived in California, I was selling a lot of yoga sixes during the pandemic. That was one of my my biggest brands, which is sounds like so counterintuitive, but it was because it was all about the leadership and how the leadership of exponential fit, of mm-hmm. fitness was adapting and overcoming the challenges of 2020. So if people yeah. were into fitness, I said, look, don't pigeonhole the rest of your life based on one moment we're in right now. We're going to get through this. Life will get back to normal. You know, and here's these people who, by the way, don't even seem to be that affected by the pandemic. Yeah. Look at how they're doing. Keep an open mind. But a fair amount of, of candidates transitioned their thinking away from big brick and mortar and the things that they saw closing and not reopening um, and focused on on essential services around the home. Since we were all home, you know, we were looking for things to do, organizing space so we could have school and office at home. And we all got pools and puppies. You know, so you think about all of the ancillary services. If you build a pool, you need a fence, you need outdoor lighting, you need maybe landscaping, a patio, a pool cleaning company. Those are all franchises, right? Everybody got a puppy in the pandemic. So you need that dog groomed, you need training, you need dog food, right? So like think those are all franchises. So again, it's it's about figuring out like the investor you want to be and looking more than at the moment we're in right now, because you're saying yes right now. And if you buy in a hard economic time or you invest in, in a hard time, so you're going to learn at the hardest time. And when it gets easier, you're going to be that much stronger. And you know what? It sets you free from ever worrying about the economy impacting your business again. You're like, been there, done that, check it off, right? If you enter and life is rosy and the leads are flowing and everybody's good and then it gets hard, you're like, oh, you know, but if you plan to be a business owner for five to 10 years, you can't control the economy. So you have to get in when you're ready. The idea that you're not solving all these problems by yourself, you should find people who give you the comfort that they're going to help you through the problems and, and then know that wherever you're starting, it's eventually going to flip to the other way and it's either going to get easier for you or it might get a little bit harder, but so what? You're, you're in there, you're strong, and you're partnered with people who are going to help you get through it. I love it. I want to dig into that a little bit because something I've, you know, having not been a consultant, you know, back in 08, for example, but I think there's, there's some parallels, obviously. There's, you know, history often rhymes. It doesn't repeat itself necessarily, but it rhymes. And there's some parallels between now and then. No way to speculate what's going to happen in the future. But, you know, with 08, right, a lot of lending dried up. What did, what did that look like for franchise funding at that time? Oh, that's such a good question. Okay. So this is when I started to have my first personal breakout year was Mm. coming out of that recession in 2010 and really in 2011. But so looking back, the key difference in talking to my fellow consultants was our focus. So I was focused on people in career transition as leads. So I was looking at all the people who were losing their jobs and who Mm. were thinking, I've got to create stability. I didn't blink an eye at how they were going to fund it. I just knew they were hungry and they were in a lot of pain and they were going to find a future that they could own and control. But other people focused on how nobody had any money and the the stock market crashed. And and so they made that their reality. Mm. So what it showed me was that, again, all in hindsight, in the moment you're in it, you're just doing it and it was working and you're not really, let's be real, when it's working, you're not really questioning it. It's more when you can look back and look at, wow, and talk to people and then you learn. That's why hindsight is always 20-20. 
So I think it it showed me that your focus really is your future. Mm. So if you focus on, and, and you can take this even to an active investigation with a candidate, right? If you focus from day one on all the reasons that this business isn't going to work, then you're right, right? Because you're never going to say yes to it. But it, you, it doesn't mean you can't have challenges and you can't have concerns in your mind. It means you need to open your mind and be willing to ask those questions to the right people. And the right people are the people inside the franchise system, not your family, not your friends, not people in the community that might be potential referral sources. So I have a guy right now that I'm, I'm working with and he's all the way at the end of a super pioneering franchise. Like he's one of the very first franchises. He wants to be that entrepreneur. He's, he's like in infatuated with the idea of bringing this whole new thing to market, but he's scared out of his mind. So he tells me, I'm done with the process. He went to discovery day. He's been awarded the opportunity. And he's like, well, I don't know if I have enough data. I need to go out and talk to some potential clients. So I said to him, let's, let's change his name. I said, John, let's call him Dan, <laughs> Dan. I go, so you haven't gone to training, right? So you don't know how to overcome the challenges that this potential client is going to serve up to you. So I don't, I'm not opposed to you going there. Look, I always say to people, I offer a free service. So you don't have to take any advice I ever give you. Not offended. It's totally free for you. Right. But, but hear me, at least do the, do me the justice of hearing me. Cause I've done this for a long time. So what are you going to do with that information? If they, if the candidate or the, the client serves up some objections or tells you all the reasons it's not going to work, then you're going right. to walk away from your dream. He goes, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I go, yes, you are. Yes, you are. But okay, go do it. So he did it. I'm away on vacation. I get a text. He's like, hey, can you talk? I'm like, I'm on vacation. He's like, no, I need to talk to you right now. Like, oh my God. So I call him and he's like, I'm so sorry to bother you. He goes, I just wanted to tell you, you were a hundred percent right. <laughs> I said, I know I was right, but it was free advice. But he was like, so the guy gave me all the excuses why I shouldn't buy this business. And I'm like, yeah, and you're not smart enough. No offense, but you haven't gone to training. You're trying to solve the problems of the business without yeah. the intelligence of the business. You're, you, why be a franchise owner? You're, you don't need a franchisor, you're being an entrepreneur. So now he fully grasped what I was saying. Outside resources don't know the answers. The founders of that business that have been building it for 27 years, they yeah. probably know. So you know what I told him to do? I want you to reverse it. I want you to call the franchisor and say, you be me and I'm gonna be the client that I went to and I'm gonna throw up all the objections that that guy threw up to me. And I want yeah. you to listen to them overcome. And if that doesn't give you the peace that you need, that these people have your back and can train you, right? Then the other factor I want you to consider is in every sales process, you always hear no. You don't need everybody, right? And in order to get to your yeses, sometimes you have to get through your no's because you, don't, you're not, you may not even be smart enough yet to figure out how to position what you're selling in a way that makes, mm -hmm. that makes you the leader and that people are buying that confidence. So if you don't have the confidence because you haven't even gone to training, right? How are you going to have the leadership to, to deliver to that person who ultimately that's what people always buy in every sales process? So, and, and if your closing ratio is two out of three, well, you just got your first no. So guess what? Go make another call, get another one. And then maybe 
statistically, the third one you would go to would say yes, but probably still not without training. So, you know, I, it's these kind of conversations that I think when left on our own, candidates go out there and they let these scenarios limit their future potential. The reason people can come to me and my closing ratios can be so high are because I've done it for a long time. And in a very gentle way, I can coach and guide them around their preconceived notions and their assumptions to keep their mind open and keep asking questions to the right people and then hearing what the answers are. And it doesn't mean you're gonna always make it right, but at least you will have done yourself proper due diligence by asking the right questions to the people who can actually answer those questions. So what we do as franchise consultants, it's so nuanced, right? Because every candidate is different. There's no one size fits all investigation. I love that. I think that, I mean, that's, for me, that's super helpful also. But I think that is the value right there of working with a consultant is thinking in a different way. It's the same reason you work with a business coach, if you're in business, it's the same thing you work, same reason you work with a fitness coach. There's accountability and there's questions and things that you don't think about. Just a, a little paradigm shift can mean all the difference at the end of the day and ultimately can be the difference between whether or not you move forward on something that could truly change your life in a massive way versus allowing yourself to talk yourself out of what would otherwise be an amazing opportunity for you. If you're enjoying this episode, please click the subscribe button. And make sure to connect with the Franchise Founders Podcast on LinkedIn. You know, just to piggyback on that, like on the the value of a franchise consultant, now that I've, you know, flipped on the other side and I'm on the franchisor side, it's interesting. Like, you know, you said something, Kim, that, that stood out to me. Like I built my career on, on finding, being able to find people that are in a career transition that want to be a, become a business owner. That's how I built my whole career. And uh, in, in the time building my new system, I said, well, well, let me, let me try the other side. And I started to look into the people that have already bought multiple brands or multiple units. And I found the whole other beautiful world, the people that fit what, what we're looking for as an emerging brand. But anyway, um, what I found is I could generate leads right now without like, I don't mean this arrogantly, but I could snap my finger and there'll be 10 leads. Like that's just my skill set, right? It, it'll always be, I can create new ways to generate leads. It's, it's just how my brain is programmed from all the years of doing it, just like you guys have for consulting. And even though I can do that, what is the first plan for us? We want to work with consultants. Like we want to work with consultants because I want the consultants skill set of all that 20 years, 10 years. Christian, you've already been doing this for a while, man. What, like five years? It's been a while. Not, three years? not that long. I wish I could say five. It's been like three. Well, you, you, you're obsessed with it. So it True. counts as six. Um, Anyway, like I want, I want someone that comes to us that's worked with a consultant that understands all those nuances that you present to them. So like the value is so tremendous as a franchisor. And I know I'm a brand new franchisor, so what do I know? But it's true. There is a lot of value that we bring as consultants because we're preparing the candidates, obviously. We're letting them know what the process is going to look like. And like Dan said, it's not just about helping them to be you know easier buyers necessarily, but it's about they understand franchising. They understand they're, they're coming in with the right mindset in place, which is at the end of the day, if you're going to run a business, mindset is almost all of it. It's everything, right? And it's the funny thing because it's those intangibles that nobody wants to focus on, but that makes all the difference, right? I mean, the person, the, the average franchisee versus the superstar franchisee, it's just the person with a little bit of emotional intelligence. They treat their people right. 
rather than jumping down the throats of their manager, they're asking like, hey, are you okay? You know, is, is everything all right? I noticed that there was a little bit of a dip here and, you know, is, is everything okay at home? And, you know, those little nuances make the biggest difference in thinking as a business owner. And I think consultants were able to have that conversation with people, um, which is which is awesome. So um, anything you want to add to what I just said as we let Dan come back on? Yeah. And you know what I, what I think just adding to like the success versus not success is also just um, we can play that role of their first coach, you know? So I'm coaching people from the very beginning to begin with the end in mind. I want to know, I'm infinitely more interested in why you want to own a business and what you're trying to create in your life that you can't create by doing what you're doing, right? So we start with your goals and dreams and we use your goals and dreams sort of as the gas in this entire process. It fuels everything. So most people, when they come to the idea of owning a franchise, they start by thinking about what they know or maybe worse, like what their community needs. But I've in 20 years, I've never proven those to be the best reasons to invest that lead to happily ever after as a business owner. So what's infinitely more interesting and important to a candidate should be, how can can I become professionally, personally, and financially the business the the person I want to be through this business? So when you start with the end, are you trying to build to sell in five or seven years? Are you trying to build a legacy that you can pass on? Because those are different investment strategies, right? You're not going to invest in a laundromat to build and sell in five years. The thing's barely going to be cash flowing in a way, in a good way, you know, before three or four years, right? So, but you're also not going to invest in fitness if you want to do this for 15 years. Like that's crazy, right? You can't control the trends in fitness and you don't need to if your goal is to be the first one in on that pioneering side, building it up. And then when the brand equity is at its peak, being able to sell that business for the highest multiple that it will ever get. Like we saw with uh, Planet Fitness and Massage Envy and Orange Theory, right? So I think a good consultant is starting with the end in mind and then helping people move away from what they think they love. Like a business isn't a hobby, right? A business is a business. (laughs) Let your hobby say your hobby because if you mix the two and the thing is challenging or not making you money, not only are you going to lose your money, but you're going to lose your your passion for your hobby. So what I find is if I can find a franchise vehicle that allows people to make the kind of money that they want, that then creates the quality of life, they fall madly in love with a lot of widgets that coming to me, they didn't even know existed or that they, that they knew that, you know, that they didn't know that they would be in love with, you know what I mean? So it's kind of letting go of that and focusing in more on the role as an owner, the people you create jobs for, the owner that you get to become in this business, because people dream of building a million dollar business. And they're like, you know, can I do it? I'm like, I don't know. Can you, can you deliver a million dollars worth of value? So mm-hmm. you'll have that million dollar business once you become the business owner worthy of the million dollar business, not the other way around, you know? And that all funnels back to selecting the right business, which is the key important factor that a good franchise consultant is going to do for somebody. And to piggyback to what, like what I was saying related to this is like, you know, that from a franchisor standpoint, right? Because at the end of the day, like the business is about the franchisee being profitable, as profitable as humanly possible. Like I'm obsessed with that. And then the revenue, of course, is where as a franchise company, the money is made, right? The royalty, not the franchise fee, the royalty, right? 
And so I'm convinced, uh, like when I was in lead generation, I used to say to franchisors, look, I get the cost per deal thing. You're talking about how much does it cost to find a, a franchisee and that's important. But what about, like, what if these people are your top producer? What if all the people you that came from this source were your top producers, your top 10, 20? What is that worth in royalty? And no one ever was able to answer it. So just to give you a quick little tangent, I'm I'm going to, I'm on a mission. We went out, built the system, went crazy with the technology, put like, almost seven figures into the systems of doing this right. And I was like, well, we don't have any franchisees. So what do we have? We have great people, our executive leadership team. We have, um, you know, we have a great business itself that we, we, we acquired the, the franchise. Um, we have a great industry, all these things, right? But we have people, process, like the training, and we have technology. So we went heavy on technology. And one of the things that like I couldn't understand is like, uh, I know it's a good friend of yours and, and mine as well. Carrie Gilly, she says the, the important few, right? T Tiff. And I was like, well, I want Tiff. I want to go right now. I'm sitting in a room and I want to be able to look at a TV screen, like, like a Peloton screen. And I want to know every single KPI that you can humanly know about my franchise system. And then I want the franchisees to come home and turn on the TV, connect it to their computer and know everything. And like most people don't want to do it. I'm going to take care of it. You just got to turn your TV on and your stats are going to be there, right? And we couldn't find that. Like we couldn't find that solution. And so I ended up, my best friend luckily is like pretty high up at Google. He's building it with us. We're paying him and we're building this whole system called Scoreboard. But um, I'm convinced that, I want, mark my words, one or two years from now, we're going to go back, we're going to look at the data, we're going to see where all the lead candidates came from. We're going to look at the royalty associated with the consultant it came from and the lead source came, and we're going to figure that out because that's what matters. If you could put a price on that, which I don't think anyone has yet, maybe they have, but Kim, you probably could go back, look at the data and there's all these people that are top producers and you probably know just from interviewing them. but I'm excited to know what that is because I definitely believe consultants contribute to that. How amazing is that? Good for you for doing that, Dan. Look, I mean, my whole like future in franchising, my heart at this point, I mean, look, I love creating business owners, but my heart is in helping elevate the whole experience as a franchisee. So it's one thing to get somebody to the yes to their dream, but it's a whole other thing helping them to live the life that they signed up for, right? So part of that belongs to the franchisor and functional training and, you know, on, on the job training. But a lot of that is business coaching. So when I'm invited to be a keynote speaker at franchise conventions now, like this is my whole take. And what I do is I break apart what I've actually called, come to call the daily plan, which you've probably seen me talk about on Kim Daily TV, my millionaire mindset coaching program that this is not something I read in a book, guys. This is something that I created like right here in this chair in my own office day by day by day, incrementally. And it worked for me, you know, that first year that I broke free and built this unbelievable business for myself. And, and it felt sort of like luck the first year that I did it, but then not wanting to be a one hit wonder, I did just what you were just talking about, Dan. I pulled all of my data, right? So what did I actually do? The first year that I did it, I set a really big goal. So it's very important to have a really big goal that you believe in. And then to focus on the mm -hmm. things that you can control in your business. So every business owner has a lot of things they have to do. And busy and productive are two different things, right? We can kid ourselves. We can come to work mm -hmm. and be so freaking busy, right? 
but not do anything that actually makes us productive. And I'm convinced that that's what I used to do in the first eight years, that then when I decided that that was not what I, who I wanted to be and got clear that my business is a game of prospecting, right? Mm-hmm. I can't control who's going to buy a franchise, but I can control how many people I meet that are in some transition in their life or looking for what I'm offering, which is freedom, not a franchise, right? Mm. So when I switched my focus from my current pipeline to finding new people to the top of that pipeline, and and it's a discipline because once you have so many people to work with, right, it becomes challenging to want to think about adding new people. But I, I committed myself for one year. And one year later, I had built the largest, you know, franchise consulting business in the history of our industry. And, and, and so then I didn't want to be a one hit wonder. So now I had all this data that what did that one thing actually do, right? So I was able to look at lead sources. Where did they come from? Did, was there a correlation between where they came from and when they bought? But this applies to all business owners, right? Mm-hmm. If you're buying, spending money on marketing versus building referred leads, well, at the end of the year, you should be looking to say, you know, which referred lead source, it's always going to be referred leads that are better than marketing leads, right? But which referred lead sources should I be maybe spiffing or should I be building more of? Because what I did from that second year on was once I had my data that I could mine, I said, okay, I can start working smarter rather than harder. And literally, I love to say I've spent the last 10 years mining my data and mastering the art of my business. And so the first year as a new franchise owner, I want you to come out of the gate swinging at everything that comes your way, right? It's massive, imperfect action. It's almost Okay. It's like controlled chaos because you don't know what you don't know. And you have to let yourself fail because you only are going to learn when it's not working, right? If it's working, you're not thinking about it. You're just taking advantage, right? So you have to not be afraid of, of the no's or when things feel a little challenging. It's at the end, if you keep going that way, that's when you get in trouble but it's being conscientious of what you're doing. And so at the end of that year, then gathering all your own data and then being your own business coach. And I've created this millionaire mindset coaching plan, uh, coaching plan called the daily plan because it literally breaks your goal down to the daily activity goals that an owner would need. So you don't have to be overwhelmed thinking about that big Mount Everest of a million dollars or $5 million. You only have to come to work focused on what you can control today and executing on those simple daily goals and then coming to work tomorrow and being consistent. Like when I was a personal trainer, right? We're not building all these muscles in a day. We're, we're, we're consistent and incrementally building your strength and getting your body lean. And then over time, all of a sudden your biceps are going to appear. Well, it's the same exact process in building a successful business. It just took me eight years fumbling around in the dark before I got clear on what I really wanted to do and how I could really do it. And then doing it, getting a little bit afraid of my own results and my own success, because that's very real. But then going, okay, I can do this. What did I actually do? And then creating that science. So when I am invited to be keynote speaker, like this is the magic of what, because you're right. If every franchisor could raise their average unit volume, by a hundred or 250 or half a million dollars. Imagine the return on the royalty and not just to the franchisor. Imagine the happiness of the people who changed their life to said yes to a business, right? 
So it's not just about making franchisors more money. It's about making the people that I've created business owners, you know, more happier and living the life that they said yes to and setting them free from blaming the franchisor or looking to the franchisor for their success, but empowering them to own it. Because really, even in a franchise, it's nobody's job to make you successful except yours. Boom, mic dropped. <laughs> now, it's it's so true. There's a couple of things there. I mean, what's what's the quote? I'm going to butcher it, I'm sure. But the best way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. And so focusing on this big, hairy, audacious goal, if that's, I mean, focus on it, know what that is. But when you break it down into bite-sized elements, it becomes a lot more manageable. And, and mentally, it becomes a lot more attainable. Yeah. And if you believe it, if you can get to a place where you believe that it's possible, then you're going to do it. And if you don't, then you won't. But that's what I love about what Dan is building and what you're saying, having a data-driven approach. Like you said, I think when you first come into it, it's kind of like a shotgun strategy where you just, you're, you're blowing everything up or a machine gun strategy. But then as you, as you become more of a mature business owner, it's about refining your strategies and more of a sniper rifle approach where it's more targeted and you know what strategies work. You know, you know what lead sources are the right ones to go after and, uh, or, or at least to focus on, right? You know, and which referral partners and whatever else. I, I love that completely. And I think that that is something that a lot of people don't do. And I think that a lot of entrepreneurs outside of franchising, a lot, the reason I think a lot of franchisees tend to do better, um, I'm sure there's data on this. I, I don't know off the top of my head, but I think franchisees probably do tend to do better because they are encouraged, or at least this new generation of franchisees, they're encouraged to really track their numbers and their metrics, unlike if you're a lot of mom and pops, they have no idea. If you ask them, you know, what's your conversion rate? You know, how many people do you need to talk to to get to an appointment? How many appointments do you need to get to uh, a deal? Whatever it is, I, I can guarantee that most small business owners don't know those numbers. And that's something that people need to think about. Totally. Well, like, yeah, like just to, get, to piggyback on that, like to give you an example, like in the business that we acquired, the, the franchise business, the founder is unbelievable. Like his ability to build data and reporting systems was tremendous. And he had it really pretty dialed, has it pretty really dialed in. Um, but it was very manual, right? And I was like, look, like most people aren't as disciplined as you. And uh, I think that it would fall apart like a ball of yarn would just unravel, right? So like we got to we gotta get this data you know, more, more together. And so like scoreboard became a thing because we, and we're franchise playbooks, so scoreboard, but um, the, the idea behind it was like, what happened was as we were looking at businesses and, and acquisitions, like we, we found it. And just for clarity, anyone listening, RFDD is not live, not talking about like buying our business right now. I'm just talking about the industries and stuff, but that particular business, we saw that like, wow, like the cleaning side of this business is tremendous, but look at the restoration side. And then when you started to peel back the margins and restoration versus cleaning and like, it was something that the founder knew, but when you started to really dig into that data and then really start to understand, hey, a property manager is worth this much in revenue per year. This is how many you have to talk to to get a property manager to sign up. And if you want five, and this is what five represents, then like, and you go all the way backwards, right? So like for me, like if I want to build a, you know, you said billion dollars. I wanted to build a billion dollar system over a lot, you know, a, obviously a, a period of time, a big elephant to eat. Um, you got to go backwards. You got to go all the way out, right? And then you got to be like, all right, well, a billion dollars is AUV of X. And that means this many franchisees and this many people, this many leads all the way down to like today, right? Like, what do I need to do today? And so like when you apply that data 
to a small business is unbelievable. But again, I don't know when you start a business where you get that. And that's why I'm jealous of the, the, the franchisees because that's pretty cool to me. And that's cool that you did that, Kim, in your business. It probably made you feel pretty confident knowing that it was working too. Like the well, data made you Well, you know what? Confident. That's what I was going to say to Christian is that when you're like, if you believe it, you'll do it. And I'm like, well, you have to do it and get a little bit of success, right? And then like, right, for most people, they have to see it to believe it. If you're lucky enough to have enough faith that you can just do it without and have that blind faith that it's going to work. And in a franchise, really, you should have that blind faith because there should be people who've come before you. If Even if there are no other franchisees, there's a corporate office, right? Because you're not the first one. So, but if you're out there and you're an entrepreneur listening to this, you know, you might have to have more blind faith, but the best way, the only way to really build your confidence is to go out there and do it mm. and then refine what you're doing if it's not working. But as soon as you get a little taste of success, right? Then, then you know you're onto something and that's what spurs you on. It's the same thing when I was a personal trainer in the gym, right? It's like the first time you, you lose a couple pounds after you could never lose weight or more importantly, you know, you, you take off your, your shirt and you see those muscles in the mirror and you're like, oh my God, it's starting to work. Well, now you're more motivated to get your butt in the gym and to eat better, right? So it's the tiny little wins. We're not going all the way from zero to the million dollar business or a billion dollar business. It's the tiny little wins. And you know what's the, the funny thing is like, the journey should be the most important part. Like you're going to get to these goals and and you're going to, if you're, if you're like me anyway, like I've lived the, the achievement of that goal, like every day along the way that I'm almost past the goal. I'm so bad. I'm almost past it onto the next one when I get there, because yeah. it's yeah. like the, the taste yeah, yeah. of victory is more like in those small victories when it's starting to work and you're building the momentum. Once you have the momentum for me, I'm like, I'm moving the needle. Right. And it's one of the things I love to coach I, my people. I call that a blessing and a curse. I know, I know. But I think as a business owner though, it spurs you on because you have to be adaptable and want to keep growing. I think a fixed mindset when you're a business owner is the fastest way to fail. And so having this adaptable, nimble, always wanting to grow mindset, it doesn't have to be stressful. I sound like a stressed out person. It doesn't have to be stressful. It can be fun, right? It's a game that you're winning. You're never, I'm never losing. Even when my business is off track, it makes me laugh because I'm like, I'm responsible for this, but I know exactly what to do to get back in the driver's seat, put my foot on the gas and make it go the way that I want. I just have to be aware of where I'm at and then be willing to hold myself accountable. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Gamify it and then action breeds confidence. It's, it's, it's like, a, it's like a, a positive feedback loop. The more, the more action you take, the more success you're gonna have, the more success you have, the more action you're gonna take because you're, you're confident enough, right? So action breeds confidence at the end of the day. It's so true. Yeah. The, the number one thing going back to my biggest aha moment from average to history making, the number one thing that happened in that one year was my attitude. So when I, when you're a franchise consultant and Christian, you, maybe you'll know this, right? If you have a very small pipeline and mm -hmm. somebody decides they're not buying a franchise, even if you do what you do with integrity, you're still pretty bummed out. 
So sure. when you have a pipeline of 40 or 50 active investigations and you literally have more people in your pipeline than you have hours in a week that you care to work, you need people to say no. Yes. So you become <laughs> unstoppable in your attitude and your confidence <laughs> and your le my leadership grew. And of course, the more times you're up at back, the more the more times you're going to you're going to get a hit. So the more people started saying yes and it became that momentum started to build and then that fed my attitude and it became this unstoppable feed loop, you know, feed mechanism where the more people I funneled through, the more people I could, I, that were saying yes, the, the bigger my whole thing was getting. And so the attitude was probably the biggest determining factor of what happened for, or what has happened in my business for the last decade after the first year of creating that outstanding result gives me chills because that's the thing that nobody ever wants to hear. They always want something tangible that they can wrap their hands around that makes sense to them. Like, oh, just do X, Y, Z, not think differently, have a good attitude. It's never, but that's the thing that makes the difference at the end of the day. And so many people, it seems like they want to push back on that. Oh, it's the attitude talk again. Oh, it's the mindset talk again. But that's the thing that drives things forward. Right. Well, here's the fastest way to, to prove it to work or not work. Try it. Come to work, say negative things, have no goals yeah. and see what you create or come to work yeah. positive, inspired with big fat goals, motivating your team, you know, fire yourself up with whatever way you need to motivational music, motivational books, whatever feeds your mind in a positive way. And then watch what happens. <laughs> Franchise founders podcast, yeah. you know, whatever, whatever gets you. I mean, shit, I'm fired up right now. Just listening. Yeah, me too. I got, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to walk back today to my, to my office. I'm fired up. Um, well, this is awesome, Kim. If someone, you know, wants to get in touch with you, chat with you, like how does, you know, what's the best way? And, you know, thank you for joining us today. My pleasure, guys. My pleasure. The best thing I am like so excited about my YouTube channel. I mean, we're across all socials, but Kim Daly, my last name is D-A-L-Y, KimDaly.tv. We have over 500 videos and growing it every single week. Um, all kinds of content from franchising and those evil fees, those mean franchisors <laughs> to, you know, mindset coaching and business coaching and entrepreneurial coaching. And there's even some videos in there called the daily grind, which are videos aimed more toward business coaching. So after you've said yes, but you find yourself in certain dilemmas and that's where you'll find a lot of the daily, the millionaire mindset and the daily planning coaching videos. So please check out my YouTube channel. And if I can do anything to help you, whether you're a franchisor, franchisee, wannabe franchisee, all of my contact information is there and I am never too busy. I always will take the time to talk to you. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in to another episode of the Franchise Founders Podcast. Thanks again, Kim, for coming on. This was amazing. And uh, if you'd like uh, to, to learn more about Kim, reach out to her and then uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Franchise Founders Podcast. If you want our help with anything from buying a franchise to franchising your business to anything in between, shoot us an email at franchisefounders at gmail.com. 